I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but the stock market has started the year on a down note. There's a lot of trouble in China. Uh, Mike and I have lost, we've lost billions of dollars. This has people talking about what could be a bear market. Why do we say bear market and bull market? They both seem to me like aggressive animals. Big strong beasts. John Steele Gordon is a financial historian. So, John, why is this? Why do we have a bear and a bull market? Well, we, the truth of the matter is we don't quite know. We know when they first appeared in, in the written record, which was in the very early 18th century, okay. about 1710, give or take. The most popular theory is that the, the two terms come from the way the animals attacked their opponents, whereas a bull would go down low and lift his opponents up with his horns, oh. whereas the bear would stand up on his hind legs and swat his opponent down with his paw. Oh, that's that's so interesting. So basically, if you were to, to graph the motion of the attack, the bull would be moving up like a, a bull market and a bear would be moving down. That's right. Like I almost feel like they could do a better job of coming up with, I could, bull market, I get. You know, that sounds good. Bull strong, it's virile, things are going up. But a bear market, you know, also strong, right? So maybe they could come up with uh, when the, the market is down and bad, it'd be like, like an old old cat market. Well, they, there, there is such a fray with a, with a bear market when it goes up a little bit. Really? Um, they sometimes call that a dead cat bounce. Oh. Why, now, where does that come from? I have absolutely no idea whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> this is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. On today's show, we're going to tell you how to get that pesky elk out of your basement. But first, who would win in a fight between an actual bear and a bull? That is a question I think we have to answer. Emily Grassley is on the line with us now. She joins us from the Field Museum here in Chicago. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting question, and I guess I, ha- I have some questions about, yes. about the, the scenario in which this fight is happening. So, like, what's the scene? Is it is it like a is it like a fighting arena? Is it like a natural environment? Are they coming at this Hunger Games style? Like, is there is there a cliff face? Oh, I mean, I think just for you know entertainment value, I think um, a, yeah, a, a, at the edge of a cliff face. Oh, okay. Say. I'm all assume that there's some rocky outcroppings and maybe a, a small stream and some vegetation, maybe some shrubbery. Okay, sure. go okay. around there. Yeah, it's a beautiful blue sky, too. Yeah, perfect conditions for a bull and a, and a bear fight. My other question would be is, what are, what are the species of bull and uh, bear that we're considering? Like, is this a, a giant Kodiak grizzly bear, one of the largest bears, or is it, you know, like a panda bear, even <laughs> though they, they may not exactly be in the bear grouping, phylogenetically speaking, but, but what, what kind of bear are we talking about? I feel like a bull versus a panda is just that seems cruel. Yeah. So can we can we take the most ferocious bull versus the most ferocious bear? Okay. I would say I would say um oh shoot. Well, you never want to paint anybody like in a in a negative light, but I would say if you're going to find the most ferocious bear, we're going to say it's a female grizzly and she's come out of hibernation. She's got two young cubs. 
Okay. That makes for a pretty ferocious bear. And for a bull, I mean, my question was going to be then, are we talking to like a black Angus bull? Are you talking about a dairy bull? Are you talking about a Norwegian red? But I assume you're talking about the traditional Spanish fighting bull. Is, the, is that going to be our sort of our, our, our best competitor? I mean, yeah, you know, you're really going to get a more ferocious bull the more you antagonize it. So we could also say it's going to be a um, the kind of bull you would ride in, like, a bull riding arena, uh-huh. and you're probably going to have a vice around its testicles to really get it worked up. All right. Okay. So, so that's that was kind of the most uh, the most dramatic scenario I could think of, and in and in that case, um, with it being relatively a, a wide open area, um, you know, a, a large grizzly bear, especially one that's going to be protective of her young, um, they can take down a, a moose in the wild. So I think that kind of puts any kind of ungulate out of commission. What if we told the bull that it was the bear? that put the vice on its testicles. Oh, you know, that changes things. Because then it's it's kind of got, it's kind of out for blood, isn't it? Yeah. In that scenario. Then it's personal. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. But I, I think I would put my bet on, on the, mama, the mama bear. Now, I, I never like to see uh, anyone fight. And I, I, you know, I like, I like animals uh, oh, yeah. to be okay. Is there any chance that um, the bull and the bear might just... Uh, like agree to disagree i can see that happening i can see where you know this is all a hypothetical situation you want to paint a picture because realistically this, this scenario probably wouldn't happen nobody wants to get into a fight unless you're prodding at the bull unless you're getting it all worked up it doesn't want to fight you you know it just it wants to graze and 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 procreate and and the mama bear she doesn't want any trouble she's just looking for some berries and i, I think you know, that's kind of where you get this, this humble balance in the ecosystem. I think that they, they'd probably, like you said, agree to disagree, go off on their merry ways, enjoy some, some supple, fresh grasses, you know. I mean, really, if the grizzly took, maybe the grizzly could go up to the bull and remove the vice from the testicles, then they would be friends. Yeah. You know, they could, it's like the, the mouse extracting the thorn out of the lion's paw. Yeah. Yeah, we can we can all get along. We can all help each other here. Use those claws for peace. Yeah. Well, Emily, thank you so much. Anytime. Yeah, thanks for calling. Hey, we want to tell you about our sponsors. Support this week comes from Stamps.com. One great New Year's resolution to make is to maximize every minute and every dollar for your small business. Stamps.com makes it easy. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your computer and printer. No more trips to the post office. No need to lease an expensive postage meter. Get that idea out of your head. Sign up for stamps.com for a four-week trial and special offer, including postage and a digital scale. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, and enter everything. Support for this podcast also comes from Udacity, an innovative online education provider. Udacity offers unrivaled learning opportunities for anyone starting or changing a career, upskilling to pursue advancement, or simply seeking personal betterment. Udacity develops cutting-edge courses in partnership with leading companies like Google, AT&T, and Facebook on everything from mastering web design to tech entrepreneurship. More at Udacity.com. So the call came in 
Um, the homeowners called the county sheriff dispatch, and they said that there is an elk in their basement of their home. Uh, speaking right now is Alex Head. He's a fish and game senior conservation officer in Idaho. The elk in the basement was 800 pounds and about five feet tall at the shoulder. It does keep going up from there. It, it, it had a head. Um, so a couple other county sheriff deputies were on their way there already, and they actually both got there before I did. And so the, the homeowners were upstairs, and uh, as soon as you opened the door or came into the house, you could smell elk instantly. Um, <laughs> I don't know what kind of experience any of you guys have around elk, but they definitely have a distinct smell. What would you compare that smell to, just to give us a sense? It's, it's elk. I don't, I, there's not really <laughs> another comparison. It's just elk smells like elk. So, yeah, I don't, wow. there's nothing else I know of to compare it to. I went down went down the stairs to look at it, and uh, I think one of the pictures that was probably in the paper was one of the first ones I took, where it's just, it was just standing there in the corner. Um, when no one was bugging it, it was fairly calm. It was just kind of standing there looking around. And this is uh, a this is just to set the scene. This is a like a finished basement with furniture and TV and stuff. It's absolutely yeah. There was a pool table down there and couches and TV and a little bar. Um, fortunately, it had a hardwood or a tile floor. It didn't have carpet in the main living room, so that was a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah. You never think when you're you're finishing your basement that you have to elk proof it. No, exactly. <laughs> So how did the, the homeowners know? Did they, when did they suspect something was going on down there? Um, on the, it was about midnight when it came in, I think. I got the call about 12.30, but they thought they had a burglar coming in because they heard crashing glass and a whole bunch of commotion coming down in their basement. And so uh, I think they, he, the, the homeowner went down the stairs, and that's what he sees as an elk down there, and so he immediately called 911 and told them what he had going on. But yeah, they definitely heard it. It woke them up in the house. It made a whole bunch of noise and commotion when that happened. So, so what you guys do? We blocked off all the pathways that it could take, other than where we wanted it to. So we closed closet doors and bedroom doors and closed everything we could. Um, we put couches and furniture up on end and stack cushions to try to make barriers. So we could basically just try to make one pathway for the elk to follow out. And uh, came in from behind the elk, and we found a a mattress that we could use as uh, something to protect us, a barrier between us and the animal. Um, I mean, they're like any large animal, but where you get them in a tight, confined space, uh, they'll start kicking and, I mean, charge at you, whatever you want to do. So we wanted to have something. So we used furniture and other stuff to stay between us and the animal. So if it did charge at us, we weren't going to get ran over or kicked. (laughs) So so you kind of created a chute that it would kind of run out in the perfect scenario, it would run out this chute that you created, right? Essentially, yes. Try to just create a pathway that it could take that would lead it to outside. So did and you- uh, we tried several times doing that. We were using a pool stick and um, a couple other boards and things we found to try to poke at it and push at it from behind to get it going the direction we wanted to. Um, and it wasn't moving. It would just pretty much stand there. And we tried that several times. And then finally it did take off but it didn't make the hard corner up the stairs. It went and uh, blew through one of our barriers and went back from towards the back hallway where it came from. We tried one more time with three of us down there to help guide it and poking at it and using shields and whatnot. And it's luckily that time turned and made the right turn up the stairs and ran up the stairs and then right out the front door. Wow. Well, uh, thanks so much and, and thanks for the work you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. I have to ask, 
What if we threw an elk into the um, bear bull fighting arena? What? Gosh, I don't know. That's a more than the bull. That's a that's a prey animal. I don't see it being a confrontational animal. I think that's one that would see what was happening, decide that it wanted nothing to do with it, and uh, and go in the opposite direction. She's probably going to head back to the basement. She's probably probably would feel more secure in the basement. You've been sending us your weird, gross food combinations, and um, they keep they keep rolling in. It's fantastic. Please don't stop. We want as many of these as we can get. And, and right now, Tierra is on line with hers. So, Tierra, tell us about your weird combination. So, my weird food combo that I hold dearly to my heart is SpaghettiOs and applesauce mixed oh. together. <laughs> oh, no. Canned SpaghettiOs. Canned SpaghettiOs with... Um, Canned applesauce. <laughs> oh, and you heat up the SpaghettiOs and then add? Yes. The applesauce? So, yes, uh-huh. so that's the key. You don't warm up the applesauce. That will completely ruin it. How did this start? Um, well, it started um, when my brothers and sisters were kids. Um, my mom basically ran out of baby food and was just <laughs> <laughs> like scrambling to find something to feed the kids and came up with this. I have no idea what possessed her. <laughs> wow. But you, but you, you liked it. Oh yeah, I liked it, and I still love it. <laughs> so uh, your uh, your siblings are they? Do they do they eat it too? Yeah, we all still do it. Actually, I have never eaten a can of spaghettios without applesauce. Like I've never had it by itself. Really? Yeah, actually, by itself, it sounds really revolting to me. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, it tell tell us about a time when um, someone saw you eating this. Somebody discovered that this was what you liked, and, and how they reacted. Um, well, I had a friend over, and I was basically just trying to find something cheap to eat in the house, and so just made my usual spaghettios and applesauce. This time, I used strawberry, and she was completely revolted. Like she thought it was the most disgusting thing ever, and I tried to get her to eat it, and she wouldn't try it at all. And so I've sort of been shamed into keeping it in the family. I don't tell anybody about it anymore. So strawberry applesauce. Yes, strawberry applesauce. That's my unique, my unique flair that I added to it. So if we're going to do this, you would say that's the way to do it. Um, yeah, I would say that's the way to do it. I, I, I think the resident taster there would really enjoy that. Um, okay. So just so we, we make sure we get it right when we, we whip it up here. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, heat it up. Then add the applesauce. Then do we stir it all up, or do you want to... No, no, no. Just stir it all up. Just dump it in there. You don't have to be fancy about it. Just whisk it up, and it's going to be ready for you. Well, Tierra, I'm very excited to watch somebody else eat this. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to hear about it. (laughs) I I hope he loves it. And if he hates it, then he'll be one of many. Okay, so we're going to try out Tierra's uh, combination. We're going to bring in our resident taster, Peter Sagal. There's a smell in the room. Yeah, sorry about that. But, yeah. Uh, you know what? What? Yeah. Welcome into the studio, Peter. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Do you know what's interesting? We just had a two-week break. Yeah. And during those two weeks, I, I spent a lot of time with friends, and, and nobody forced me to eat anything weird. 
pretty Let's, boring story. We do have something, though. Yes. We need you to eat. So, I, I, again, just to provide atmosphere, there is a bowl of some kind sitting in front of me that's covered with a piece of paper, so I can't see what's in it. You can go ahead and lift that off. Oh. Now, I just had two r- emotions in rapid succession. Okay. The first emotion was, oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> I understand SpaghettiOs. And then the second emotion was, there's no way in the world they just want me to eat SpaghettiOs. There's something wrong with these SpaghettiOs. Or something right. Or something so, so right. What sits in front of you uh, is from uh, Tierra, and this is one of her favorite things in the world. Oh, she likes SpaghettiOs. Well, she likes what's in that bowl. Right. Is there anything about Tierra that you can tell me before I take a bite of this? Tierra, she um, would never want to hurt you. No, she probably... She didn't say that. No. (laughs) That's we, a supposition. We can assume it. All right. There, there is a very strong, somewhat acrid smell coming from these. I just want to let the listeners know that I'm doing this with some apprehension. I think that's there just the spaghetti smell. Really? <laughs> I think no, so. No, no. Okay, here we go. I'm trying, trying, trying these spaghettios. That's not as bad as I expected. It's not, I mean, my expectations was that it would be really bad. No yeah. offense to Tierra. It's not good. What do, you, what do you taste there? Well, there's definitely something in it. <laughs> um, that's unusual for yeah. SpaghettiOs. It's not your SpaghettiOs taste. I'm, we can just I'm, tell I'm you st- too. I'm stumped. You might you might eat this on uh, if you were having SpaghettiOs and latkes. You might have applesauce. Yes, strawberry applesauce. Strawberry applesauce. Yeah, it's not a good idea because you're not. I mean, strawberry applesauce is a perfectly tasty thing to eat when you want a little sweet thing. Okay, so your final judgment then no, on don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. It looks You know, gross. it's it's not as bad as many other things you've had me eat. I mean, as you mm. point out, it's both food. That could just really be don't a, like that. a bowl of SpaghettiOs, and it would still... Really? You don't like SpaghettiOs? Ah, no. You know, when you feed your kids SpaghettiOs, you don't like, oh, they love some. I'm going to that up before I throw it away. Never fed my kids SpaghettiOs. Really? No. You treat your kids very strangely, what with the no SpaghettiOs and the yeah. Top Gun stories and the just... Are you trying to tell Mike that he's a bad father? I am. Could you say, Mike, you are a bad father? Mike, you are a bad father. Okay. Anything else you want me to say to Mike that's a terrible thing? I think I can make him say in the edit, Mike, you are a little sweet thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Mike, you are a little sweet thing. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that there's something scarier than someone breaking into your house, and that's an elk breaking into your basement. It's possible that elk was there to rob them, that the elk in its uh, in its den in the forest yes. doesn't have a flat screen TV or a pool table. Uh, its friends are always bored when they come over. It's, it's just, hey, want to see some nuts and berries that I found and regurgitated today? Yeah. And they're like, well, we kind of were hoping to play... Uh, Xbox. I I got some clarity on the whole bull market, bear market thing. That was a surprising answer that has to do with their uh, fight postures. Let's say you're a bull farmer. You want to go buy a ranger. Yeah. Where do you go? You go to the bull market. But what if there's been a downturn in the cost of bulls? Yeah. So there's a bear bull market. The bull market is in a bear cycle. I feel like this is something where Wall Street hasn't really thought it through. If you were an old west rancher and you showed up on Wall Street, hey, where's the bull market? Yeah, you'd be very disappointed. Well, give me that fat guy in a tie then. That guy's life would change. All right, you see those cows over there? Now get to work. 
How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week, I guess we don't have an intern this week, do we? No. We're starting off the new year without an intern. It was my resolution. No more interns? Yes. You can send us your questions. Send them to us at howto at npr.org. Hey, so we are out of our hard copy calendars, uh, but they are available by PDF, and they're, they're I, I have to say, they're really great. They're fantastic. Uh, you can get one, download it via PDF at howtodoeverything.org. Thanks again to Justin Witte, who is the artist behind the calendar. Hey, if you're still listening to this podcast, uh, it is over. And now is a great time to try something else like Hidden Brain. Uh, Hidden Brain is the new NPR podcast about social science uh, that applies to your everyday life, potentially. Things like backup plans actually make us less motivated. Find the Hidden Brain podcast with NPR's Shankar Vedantam at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. Uh, my backup plan is to just listen to our show again. Really? Which, uh, according to uh, Shankar, makes me less motivated to listen to his his podcast. So uh, this promo has really backfired, at least as far as I I'm concerned. So you're just going to go back and listen to what we just did? It's my backup plan. I'm probably not going to do anything. Probably just going to go home. What are you going to do when you get home? Just sit. That's it. You going to listen to anything? Nope. Sounds pretty lonely. Can I come over? I only have the one chair. <laughs>